I just want to thank you just for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for just how amazing you are, you know, even when, even when I, I, I'm nothing, and really all of us are really nothing, to be fair, and we, we really consider everything. I just want to thank you, how, you know, just for the depths of your love towards us. There seems to be no reason for it whatsoever. And I just want to thank you for that, you know. You don't have to do anything for us. You, you never had to give Jesus for us. You never had to. But you did. No, I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much. And thank you that you don't stop there, but you, you continue in our lives. And you continue to lift us. And you continue to build us. And you, you don't stop and you don't let us go. Even when we feel like we've gone far, you know, you, you, you always reel us back. It's like you're, you've got some anchor and a chain attached to us. You know, I just, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. And I just pray today that... You know, as, as, I, as I speak, I pray we all listen, not because, again, because it's my words, because it's your words, you know, and that's what we want to hear, and I pray that your words today change us. I pray your words today inspire us. I pray your words today convict us, you know. I pray, Lord, what you have to say, we will take. We will take it well, and we will aim to build upon it, you know. Thank you, Jesus. You're our foundation. Bless you. Help us build on that today. Amen. 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 Bless God. So, as Carol said, I got a job. <laughs> hey. It was uh, less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. I left here, joined there. And it was, it was amazing. Literally, like, literally... Uh, I mean, I started to look a bit for work like when, when I heard I was leaving here. But like this job just came out of the blue. I didn't look for it, nothing. It just, you know, it, it got given to me pretty much. It was like, oh, send your CV into here. I was like, oh, okay. Send my CV in. Oh, want an interview. Okay. When I, he didn't even interview me properly. He's just like, you know what? Start tomorrow. I was like, fair enough. <laughs> this is, thank you, God. <laughs> this is the easiest job interview and process I've ever had in my life. So uh, I, I really, I really want to thank God for that because, you know, that's so crazy because it's so worrying, you know, especially with a full family, you know, what you're going to do. And it's just like, so God is just so good. So I just want to thank for that. Thank you guys for your prayers. And, uh, and uh, I, you know, th- I thank the people who actually, you know, gave me the job, uh, Gavin and Al, in the first place. So, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm so happy. And it's, a, and, it's, and it's a good job as well. It's not, a, it's not a, a job I hate at all. So I'm very, very grateful. Very, very grateful. Um, <laughs> but um, what I want to bring to you today is... Oh, water. I'm not going to bring you water. I'm having water. <laughs> What I want to bring you today is um, titled it as the church should be, and uh, mainly because I couldn't think of anything else to call it. But um, but I, f- I feel it's fitting for this sermon. Uh, it's kind it's kind of based on my Philippians series. Uh, it's loosely, um, so I'm not sure whether to add it to that or not. Anyway, um, but see, here's the thing: even though God has been so so good to me, and uh, the process hurt. Uh, that's the honest truth. The process hurt. You know, it's been the last couple of weeks, even with God's goodness, it's, been, it's just been a hard time emotionally and even spiritually for just me and my family. Um, it's been a very hard time. I, 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 you know, I, I, when David first told me, I was very, uh, I, was, I was fine. You know, God had spoken to me actually two days before and kind of, in a sense, warned me 
And, uh, and I, was, I was really joyful. I was really kind of, even as he was telling me, he was, he was like near tears. And I was just like, yep, I'm fine. You know, this is, God's got this, you know. Um, but a um, couple of days in, I, I became extremely depressed. And I went through a very, just, just a horrible time. You know, I, I see, uh, you know, loathing myself, even loathing the church. And, and, and I needed to repent from that and, uh, you know, forgive all of that. And just, I just needed to move on. I, I was just, I was just struck. And um, I was just disappointed. But it, here's the thing. I, I believe God has put me where he's put me. I believe that 100%. And I know this is his current will for me. Know it. Okay, without a doubt. Okay. Um, at the same time, it doesn't excuse the way I got here. Um, for example, Joseph. We all know Joseph. Man, you know, um, Prince of Egypt. I, that's a really good film, by the way. You should watch it if you haven't. Um, but, like, you know, Joseph became king. Well, not a king, sorry. He became second in command over the whole of Egypt. It wasn't even his country. You know what I mean? And, and through it, he saved Israel. Saved them, you know. But what his brothers did to him for him to get there was wrong. It was wrong at every level. I guess you could even say uh, Jesus as, as well. His will was to die on the cross. However, what the Pharisees did to get him there was wrong. You know what I mean? Um, oh, very echoey today. Am I too far in front? Oh, that's a bit dark. There we go. Sorry, this is the way I am, for those who don't know. Um, but yeah, um, the point is, in the, in the way all these things happened, um, I'm not afraid to say that the church failed. Uh, and it's not the first time. You know, and it's not the first kind of... Um, it's not the only thing it's failed in before as well. And, and it's not the only church. Every church fails. Every church fails. The majority of the New Testament letters... Um, are all addressed to churches with problems. You know, you see it. You see it in Romans. You see it especially in Corinthians. You see it in Colossians. You see it in uh, even stuff like Philippians, which I'm going through, which is a letter of mass encouragement. He loves these guys. There are areas where he says, this needs, to, this needs sorting out. This needs sorting out. You know, Paul's never afraid to say that. Um, I mean, Revelation as well. I don't know how many people are aware of this, but that is a letter too. And it's a letter to seven different churches. And uh, in and one of those churches, it speaks of one that was so bad it made Jesus vomit or want to vomit, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, there we have. So, so Paul rebuked many churches for the sins and mistakes. But here's the thing. He never stayed there. Didn't stay in rebuke. He didn't say, you just suck or whatever. You know, he, 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 he encouraged them past that. He's like, yes, you failed here, but let's move on, you know. You know, even by the ones that caused him hurt and pain. And he says it, he says something. You've caused me hurt and pain here. You're toying with me here, you know. But but even then, you know, he encourages them to progress, to grow, and he loved them despite their mess and the pain that he he gained. And and he desired them, he always desired them to repent and change for their own good and for the glory of God. You know, here's the thing. A church that causes hurt and pain, whether by ignorance or disobedience, is not a great light. But a church that has caused hurt and pain and changes and grows and repents past those things to a better place is one where people will come in and declare, God is surely here. I'm sure that's where we all want to be. You know, I'm sure of it. 
read those words loads of times and thought, yes, there. But here's the thing. This sermon of mine today is is somewhat personal. Um, It's addressed, if anyone's listening online, it's not really for you. It's for Lighthouse. Um, But uh, it's very personal to this church. And and it's going to contain, I'm going to warn you now, it's going to contain some rebuke. But along with Paul, I want to declare this to you today. And, and actually, Herschel said this like last week or the other week, I'm not sure, but when it was, but here, I love this church. I've been here since I was five. I love this church. Okay? I was hurt by it, I'll be honest. But I love you all. And I desire all of us, myself, you know, I'm not perfect, I desire all of us to learn from this situation and grow to attaining a position where this place and its people really are a bright light. When people come in, they will declare, This place, this place, God is here. Whether they believed him or not beforehand, this place, he is here. You know? Do you remember John Glass coming last month? Yeah? Yeah. He came early, right? And uh, who is is here for that? Can I I get some hands? Really high. Really, really, really high. There we go. A lot of you. Okay, so you're all here. Um, Do you guys remember... um, that he gave an altar call, uh, and he asked people, you know, if they wanted to be open to God and receive from him to come forward. Do you remember that? He, he was like, if those were open. Who, who, who went forward, by the way? Both hands up, great. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I, I, I know many of you. I, I personally was in the youth at the time. Unfortunately, I, I should have just changed it. Oh, well, uh, too late. But uh, I, I know many of you did. I, I could even hear it on the recording. Um, and here's the thing. I received a word from God literally about a week after that day. And this was before David told me anything about, you know, my job and all of that here. Okay, so God spoke to me. Uh, I was, because I, I just thought something was coming and I was fasting and praying and, and I, I got a few different things. But this is one main thing. This is what he said to me. I don't want to just change Lighthouse's openness to receive. No. But I also want to change their openness to give. Okay. Now, at first, I thought, well, maybe, maybe money. I mean, especially after my departure. But I'm realizing it's way more than that. Way more. Way more than that. Okay. As you know, like I said, I've been going through the letters of the Philippians. And, and, and actually, <laughs> this was the topic that actually came up next in Philippians. I didn't plan it. It, it just came, you know. And so, so it, it was all there. It was all there. But, but that, that's what God says, said. I don't want to just change lighthouses, openness to receive, but also their openness to give. Now, before I go into Philippians and that, uh, I want to tell you there are two main problems with the Western modern church as a whole. Okay, that's America, England, maybe Oz, I don't know. Okay. One. By the way, I haven't got a slide if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so sorry, you're just going to have to bear with me and just look at my pretty face. Okay. <laughs> One. We still treat church like a nice little Sunday group. That's everywhere, pretty much. Despite the countless sermons about it, from many different churches, of it not being so, and us knowing that's not the case. A lot of us know that. A lot of us know that, you know, being a Christian is like 24-7, right? Um, but even, even though we know that and, and we get preached that, we still kind of act that way. And, and there seems to be no real goal except to show up, have a good time, obviously experience God and, and chat and then go home again. And, you know, and, and a lot of it, people just put on happy faces because it's an event, 
you know. Everything's fine, and if it's not, you know, we don't really want to talk about it, or maybe we just don't show up, you know. That's, that's one problem. Two, consumerism. Okay? It's what we used to. This is, this, is, this is the life of the 21st century, right? Consumerism. We live in a culture where we buy to get and receive, and if possible, we'll try and gain something for nothing, you know, and, and, and the things we gain, in all honesty, we don't value them for long. We never value them for long, you know. Uh, it, it, give it a week, a month, a year, whatever. We're looking for whatever the next thing is, you know, whether it's phones or tablets, whether it's games, whether it's, I don't know, you name it, you know. Uh, it, Nothing fills us, you know, we don't value anything, you know. Um, at the end of the day as well, because of consumerism, we, we look out for ourselves. And in the church, uh, it, it, it seeps into the church, and the majority of people kind of just want to receive and not really do anything to help, right? And, and, and what it does uh, is, is what we do receive from God never really gets valued long enough. And so eventually we're looking for a new word from God, or a new this, or a new that, and we, we forget all the old stuff he said. You know, we know a new word from the pastor, or this church just isn't doing it anymore, so let's just go somewhere else, because they'll probably have something. They'll have something new. You know, nothing gets valued. That's consumerism. And there are the two points. Sunday, little Sunday group, consumerism, and, you know, they're incredibly worldly. Like, very worldly. Okay? And they've infested the church. They're not meant to be that. So let's, <laughs> I've put loot, let's look at Philippians and we'll see what Paul says, inspired by God. We've got to remember as well, even though Paul's writing this, this letter, God is inspiring him, so it's God speaking. Okay. So, Philippians, if you, if you have a Bible, because I don't, I don't have it up, um, uh, if, if you have a Bible, it's going to be Philippians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. And this is what it says. Um, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He's talking to the Philippians, okay? I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer uh, of mine for, for you all, making my prayer with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, Philippians, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Now, here, the point I want to focus on today is Paul talks about partnership. But before I go into what that word means, I want to focus on the bigger picture. Okay, it's always good to focus on the bigger picture. Always. Uh, puts everything in context. Okay, so Paul is addressing a group of people called the church. Right? Everything in this letter is done by or to be done by this group called the church. Okay, now I say it like this because here's the point. The church is not individuals. Okay, that sounds a bit weird, but it's not individuals. It is not separate people coming together to worship and experience God separately. That is not what church is. Okay. The modern world and culture focuses a lot on individualism, right? You find your meaning and your identity in yourself. You define who you are. You know, you define who you are, rather. No, no one else defines who you are. You know, it's all just external stuff. No, you define who you are. And it stresses independence, and it praises those who rise to the top without handouts. That's, that's the world. Okay? And in church, that mindset looks like this. What has God got for me? I want, 
I really want God to give me like my calling or my ministry. Oh, look at my ministry. Oh, how am I benefit? How am I benefiting from this act of service? How am I benefiting? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to do that if I won't at least get recognised for it. And it goes on and on. However, this is our modern view, but many, many, even current modern non-Western cultures, and especially the ancient cultures in the Bible, and not just those who worshipped God, but pagans and Gentiles too. Okay, they never found their identity in individualism. It wasn't the case. You don't, you know, I, you know, I don't find my identity in me. You know. Uh, the concept of finding worth in your independence to them would have been completely foreign. It's just not it. It's just so weird. Okay? See, he, back then, decisions were made for the good of the family or the good of the, the, the tribe or the good of the nation that you were a part of. Yeah? That's where worth was found. You know, if, if you look, they're so obsessed with getting children, especially males. Why? Because they need to pass on the line. You know, into, into, you know, nations were established by families. You know, families became nations. So it, it's, it's all this family sort of, this group mindset. It's all about the line. Okay? That's where, you, that's where the worth was found. That's where your worth was found back then. It wasn't in being the top dog. I'm sure there were prideful people like it as well, like that. But it was in, it was in being an aid for a greater body of people, noticed or not. You know? Our modern time isn't just a change of culture, it's, it's a deviation from how God actually made us to be in the first place. You know? Jesus said this, I will build individuals to each have their own ministry and win souls for God solo whilst maintaining their faith on their own and worshipping me by themselves. No? No? It sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? To be fair, it sounds a bit stupid. But um, <laughs> this is what he actually said. I will build my church, my church, my group, my people. Everything we do or are supposed to do for God, we are supposed to do it together, together, together right? Okay? We find our identity not in our individual selves, you know? We don't do that. But, but we first find our identity in Jesus, right? And second, in the others around us, in the church. Right? Your brothers and sisters in Christ, they are what make you you. And of course, God first, most foremost. See, this is where we're also to find our purpose. Okay? A lot of people, especially young people, always, always young people, okay, uh, they wonder, what is my purpose in life? Especially when you're doing school. It's just like, what on earth am I going to do? I just chose music. I was just like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a musician. Done. <laughs> you know, that, never, that didn't seem to work out completely either. So... Um, so you, even when you think you know what you want to do as a youth, you never end up really doing it, you know. I mean, some people do, but yeah. Um, but, we, but even some of us wonder, hey, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? What am, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? What am I going to do with my life? Well, you know what? God's got the answer for you. God's got the answer for you. Every single one of us, every single one of us, okay, your purpose is in God's church. That's where your purpose is. And did you know that God's church actually has a very, very, very specific purpose? It's not just a, you know, it's obscured and random. It's, it's, got, a, it's got a straightforward, easy, straight-up purpose. Okay? A goal that even Jesus himself commanded us to achieve. Okay? 
See, a lot of us come here, not just here, loads of different churches, okay? We treat it just, you know, as a Sunday club because, hey, you know what? We turn up and we've got no real meaning, reason, or goal or motivation attached. You know, it's just how it works a lot of the time. But here's the thing. Here's your goal. The gospel. That is the goal. I'll go back to, I'm actually going to go back up and reset because I need to find it. I thank God in all my remembrance of you and every prayer of mine for all... Uh, for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. Right? You're all partakers with me of grace, both for my imprisonment in the defense and com- confirmation of the gospel. It's about the gospel. That's, your, that's, that's our goal. That's our goal. So, um, before Jesus uh, returned to heaven, he said, to, he said this to his disciples. He said, go into all the world and make disciples and proclaim the gospel okay says it in matthew 28 19 and in mark 16 15 okay uh go into all the world and make disciples or go out into all the world proclaim the gospel okay that is the church's mission that's our mission we've got a purpose you know isn't that good knowing what you're supposed to do in life (laughs) you know i mean so many people wonder for for the whole of their lives what they're meant to do we have a calling we have a purpose we have a mission we have a goal it is the gospel it's the gospel this is the church's mission it's it's here's the thing and this is where i think some of us get confused it is not the calling of the super evangelist it's not Okay? It is not the calling of just a brave missionary, or, and it's not a call just for your Billy Grahams of the church and whatnot. Okay? It's, not, it's nothing to do with that. It's, it's, it's not the calling of extreme individuals. It is the mission of the entire church, from the highest to the lowest. Everyone's mission is the same. Okay? It's just like an army, you know? Armies generally have goals and missions and stuff, right? But it doesn't just use troops to achieve it, right? We're familiar with this, right? I'm sure we've seen the army adverts and stuff like that, right? It doesn't just use the troops, but it uses pilots, it uses medics, it uses captains, commanders, drivers, intelligence, sailors, mechanics, builders, strategists, etc., 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 etc. Okay? Loads of different types of people make up the army. Here's the thing. The same way the church works together with its many different parts, okay? We have many different roles, Okay? And not one of them is more important than the other, in all fairness. What I do is not more important than what you do in the church for the mission, for the glory of God. It's not. Okay? No one is more important than another, but we're all like cogs of the machine, really. You know, that are equally needed for it to run effectively. You know, you miss a cog, it doesn't run. You know? They're all important. It doesn't matter how small or how big they are, they're all important. You know, some, some of the smaller cogs are really, really important. You know, because if you take them out, the big cogs don't turn. You know, so everything is needed. Okay, but in the same way, with our many different parts, we are, we are to achieve the mission set before us as a team. Okay, now at my new job, it's really interesting. Um, I'm, by the, for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tiler salesman. So, so if you want tiles, come to my shop. I probably. I definitely won't do you a deal. But there's 33% off at the moment, so come down. It will end soon. <laughs> there you go. If I send this to my guys at work, hopefully I'll get a bonus already. I don't know. Anyway. 
advertising outside of work. Right, okay. But, but there's, there's commission attached. And, and here's the thing. It's not individual com- commission. That's what I've always thought, to be fair. I don't, I don't know a lot anyway. But like, uh, I always thought commission was just individual, but it, it's not that. Uh, we have to hit a store target and go above it in order for us to gain any of that commission. Okay? Uh, we're not trying to better each other, therefore. You know, I'm not trying to better my workmate in order for me to get more commission than him. It, we're, all, we're all working together for the commission <laughs> and, and to, to sell tiles. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, so, so here's the thing. If I do well, then my colleagues benefit. And if any one of them do really well, then, hey, I'm happy. You know, I don't care if they did better than me because I benefit, you know. Um, we all benefit from each other. And so, you know, we all encourage each other along in that sense, you know, because then if we're all doing amazing, then, way, you know. But, um, but yeah, so, so and, 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 that's, and that's the way it should be, you know, even here. You know, church, you know we have a goal right, that our master, and we've got to remember this, okay, our master Jesus wants us to achieve. And it's not having a good time at church, um, you know, even just us experiencing God, you know, um, followed then by tea and biscuits. That's, that's not the goal, you know. Then we're going to be experiencing God forever. That's not the goal on earth. Okay? I mean, it's, it's part of what we need on earth, but it's not the goal of earth. You know, if we, if we, if we, if we really believe, and we need, to, we, need to, we need to kind of get our minds set here, because it's really important. If we really believe that a man, 2,000 years ago, okay, did some incredible wonders of healing and uh, demon deliverance and, and stopping storms and all of that stuff, if we really believe uh, at that, and... Um, you know, uh, sorry, I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just gone. But yeah, no, if, if we really, if we really believe that, you know, and, uh, and even, even still, at the mention of his name today, you know, po- you know, pointing, you know, that we see even in his name, you know, we see healings and miracles and stuff, you know, when, when someone calls on the name of Jesus, you know, if we believe that it happened then and it happens now, you know, it, um, you know, pointing to the fact that he was a chosen man from the beginning of time to those of the Jewish faith, which is what they would have believed, okay? Uh, if we really believe there was a man who was not just a man, but declared to be a God, and not just any God, but the only God in existence, you know, who wants to save you from, from death and misery, eternal death and misery, and give not just you, but those around you everlasting life and joy and peace, you know? If we really believe that there was a man 2,000 years ago who died to pay the price for our mistakes... You know, an intentional rebellion against God. And then further proved his glory, not by staying dead, but coming back to life. And that's a big thing. No one's done that before. I'll tell you that. No one's done that before. You know, um, but he came back to life three days later. After, after laying dead for three days. He was dead for three days in a crypt. You know, he raised back from the dead after that. You know, if we really believe that these things are actually fact. That they actually happened and have eternal consequences, then we would stop living as if there was nothing more to do here than just have a good time. And we will start to see everything we do here, everything we do here has eternal consequences. Okay? We have a mission. For those of us who believe that Jesus existed and did those things, we have a mission that plays a massive part in what happens in God's kingdom. Okay? You want a meaning and purpose in your life? You have it. You know, you have that purpose already. doesn't matter where you work. doesn't matter if you're a preacher or a toilet cleaner. You know, everything you do actually has a purpose that has an effect on what happens for God's kingdom. You have an effect. You help, you help that. You're part of that. You're part of the advancement of that. 
You know, you want to be somebody or somebody. You know, some, a lot of people think, oh, I want to be somebody. Well, if, if your mindset's like that, first you need to abandon their arrogance and pride and realize that this is what Jesus said and this is true. Everyone who wants to be great must be the servant of all. Must be. If you really want to be great, you'd be the lowest. You know? We must not look to ourselves but see others as better than ourselves. That's what it says in Philippians. Jesus will build his church. Here's the thing, guys. Your identity is here, in Christ, working together to achieve the goal and mission of, mission of the gospel. That should be our mindset every time we come here. Okay? If it's not, then we're failing. Why? Because it's not optional. It's a command from Jesus for his church to do. So that's the goal. Let's talk about how we actually achieve that. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's good having a goal. A lot of the time someone says, do this, and we're like, okay, well, how? <laughs> you know? So achieving the goal. There's lots of parts, but to achieve spreading the gospel as a team, as the church, we need to straighten some things out and do some things that we may or not, we may or may not already be doing. Okay? Now, remember what I said earlier about John Glass, right? Well, um, firstly, he's obviously absolutely right. You know, uh, we need to be open to receive from God, and I was I was really glad to hear everyone come down to to do that and give themselves uh, to God. That's that's really brilliant. You know, because here's the thing: even as a church, we can't do it alone. You know, even if we were banded together really tightly as a team, we can't do it without God. You know what I mean, right? Um, you know, because we have no power in and of ourselves. You know, we, we need to approach God and ask for his power. You know, not just to achieve the God, but power to even work together as a team. Because, again, through the whole of the New Testament letters, you, you see the church splitting apart and doing this and that. Paul's like, no, bring it back together. No, ask God for help so we can do this and unite. So we, we need not just his power to achieve the goal, but his power to stay together in the first place. His power is what holds us together. Okay? In his letter to the Philippians, since that's where I'm focusing, you can look at loads of other parts of the Bible since I'm doing Philippians, why not? So in his letter to the Philippians, there are three main things Paul addresses. One, partnership. Two, service. And three, unity. Now, in time to come, later sermons, I will go into these in more detail um, because there is a lot of information in these things. But for now, I'm just going to give a brief overview, okay? So let's focus on the first one, partnership. Now, a lot of the time you think of partnership, it, it sounds like a nice word for togetherness, of being a team, right? Um, well, you know, the church is often described as many different things. I'm sure you've seen it, you know. Um, and it's described as an army, it's described as a bride, it's described as a building. You know, you, you get loads of, different, loads of different pictures. But another way the church is, is described, which some people would find quite surprising, is that of a business, Okay, now this of course does not mean you know uh, this you know it doesn't allow people falling people out of money and stuff like that. That's not what the church is about. There are churches that do that. We don't agree with that. Okay, um, that's not what business means. But what it, what it means um, to work as a bi- business is, is, is you work as a normal business would to achieve a certain goal. You know, as a team. Okay, now the word partnership um, in Greek, that that word is actually a common Greek word used mostly for finance. That's what it means. 
That's what that word means. Every time you'll see it crop up, it actually usually means finance. Okay? Which makes sense because of, well, you'll read, if you read into it later, you'll see um, Epaphroditus bringing money and stuff like that. So Paul. But here's the thing. Um, before, before I go any more into this, there are three main taboo topics in Britain, and we all know them. Religion, politics, money. Okay? No one likes those topics. But since we're already talking about religion, um, I hope you don't mind me adding another taboo topic, and I won't be politics, so don't worry. Um, but, but money, whether we like it or not, is a necessary part of life. Okay? And believe it or not, the Bible doesn't actually condemn money in and of itself. It doesn't do it. It condemns the love of money, and it condemns, it condemns the desire to attain and gather money for oneself, you know, selfishly, you know. But at the end of the day, we need money to live and eat and get from A to B and do other various stuff. You know, we need money to live. That's, that's how it works. That's how it's worked since the dawn of time. You know, I always wonder who invented money, but fair enough, you know. Um, but... Even though there's a lot to say on this topic, like I said, I'm going to address most, some of the most important parts. So, here's the thing. A lot of people either agree with tithing or they don't agree with tithing. Okay? It's, it's split like that throughout the church. Um, and whether you agree with it or not, uh, it does not mean, if you're a self-professed Christian, it does not mean that you're excused of giving. That is not what that means. Okay? There are some very reputable preachers who disagree with tithing. And I'm talking about sound and safe preachers, which you might think is kind of weird, right? Uh, you might be surprised by that, but it is very sharply debated whether tithing is right or not. But it's not because people don't want to give. That's not why it's debated. In fact, both parties, those who agree with tithing, which is our church, that's what our church believes in, uh, and, and those who disagree with tithing, they both believe that New Testament Christians their standard of giving should far exceed the Old Testament tithe. Both parties believe that. They're just not sure about why. Should it be still be called tithing? Should it just be called Christian giving? That's really where the debate is about. Everything else is, no, we should all be giving. And here's the thing. You'll be surprised to hear the Old Testament tithe is not 10%, but it's actually 23 to 25%. Yeah? Um, but, 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 that's, but, that's, but that's, what, that's, 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 that's where we're at. Those who believe in tithing believe that 10% is the bare minimum. And even those who don't believe in tithing still think probably around there. But here's the thing. But everyone believes in giving. And that's what we should be doing as a church. Giving. And I'm not saying this because of anything that's happened or that. This was already prepared before any of this happened. We should all be giving, okay? But, but here's the thing. What, 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 what does this money get used for? You know... That doesn't sound right. Well, what does this money get used for? Well, here's the thing. Um, it says a couple of things. The Bible says that those who preach the word should be paid. Okay? Some should go towards the pastor. Straight up. Okay? There are various verses about that. I didn't actually list any. I should have, but oh well. But there are various verses about that. And some people don't like that. Some people don't like, oh, I'm giving my money to that one. to go to the pastor. But here's the thing. If you pay for anything, you know, uh, wherever you pay for it, it goes into someone's pocket. It always does. You know, and you hardly complain when you buy like a new PlayStation that its makers are getting your, uh, your money in their pockets. No one, no one does that. Okay? But, but Paul in one of his letters says this. He says that you know, if you should receive something spiritual from our labor in God's word, shouldn't we receive something material in return to support our work? You know? So yes, the Bible is adamant that the pastor gets paid. Because he should. You know? He should. What else does it pay for? Uh, building costs, if you want the building. 
you know. Uh, if we want to meet here with heating, nice equipment, and, you know, enjoy good music and all of that, we have to pay for it. It doesn't, you know, we don't... I'd love us to be able to grow money, but it doesn't happen, you know. Um, unfortunately, we'll, science will work it out one day. But, um, you know, uh, so, you know, if, if people are actually being generous in the money, then a lot of it should be given towards those in church as well who are struggling or suffering, you know. If you read in Acts, it says all the money was evenly distributed so that no one was without. You know, no one was struggling, no one was brought low, no one was, you know, stuck in a, in a, in a pit of despair because they can't pay their bills and because they have nothing left. You know, that sh- it shouldn't be like that in the church. One argument I want, I want to uh, bring to you from the, 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 the non-tithing party um, that I want to share with you is this. It's, it's an interesting point. I'll, I'll say again, this church does believe in tithing, but this is one point from people who don't believe in it. Okay? Tithing forces people to believe there is only, that only 10% of their money is God's. Okay? Like I said, I'm not advertising this view on non-tithing, but I love that point because it's so true. So many people think 10% is God's, 90% is mine, you know, because of tithing. Here's, here's the truth. Whether you believe in tithing or not, 100% of your money is God's. 100% of it is God. Not a penny is yours. Not a penny. Okay? It's all his. And here's the thing. You are steward. He has charged you with that money, using it to advance his kingdom. That's where you use it. And he obviously allows you to live a proportion of it as well. But that's where our heart should be in it. A scripture I love is this. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, most people love this verse because they use it to justify um, giving God and the church like next to nothing. Um, but the verse before it actually says this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And, and the main point of these verses, when you really study them and the context and all that, um, uh, is what you give is actually directly linked to where your heart is at. Okay? Get that? What, what you give is linked to where your heart is at. If you give generously, then this is a reflection of your heart. It tells us that the heart is warm, it's open and generous. If you give sparingly, then actually your heart is cold, hard, hard and stingy. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. A lot of people kind of give a little and think they're like the woman who gave a penny, but you're nothing like the woman who gave a penny if that wasn't really all you have. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, and, and this is the thing I want you guys to get out of this. The giving of your money is not your obligation to God. Or obligation to God. By the way, I just want to say, for, for those who are actually visiting and stuff like that, not after your money. That's, that's not it. Don't worry, guys. You know, this is, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you know, this, this, this is, for those who believe in Jesus, this is where we're supposed to be at. We, we, we do not demand or even uh, think that anyone would give. Uh, if you want to bless us, you're more than welcome to, but we don't, you know, we're not after your money. That's, that's not the point of the church. Okay? But here's, here's the thing. For those who, who love and profess Jesus, the giving of your money is not your obligation to God, but your willing, loving response to his grace. Okay? As I said, the new believers in Acts even sold their property. I'm not asking you to sell your property. But I'm just saying they, 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 their hearts were so changed that they sold their property just in order to give as much as they could. Not just 10%, but literally every penny they had for the church so everything was evened out, so no one was without. Here's the thing. If you're not willing or generous, 
then you haven't actually caught hold of how incredible God's grace is. Okay? But I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on because there's a lot to say. So, keep that. Second part, service. Okay? Now, we know this one. You know, a lot of us know this one. You know, uh, it's the giving of our time. So, you know, uh, and, and what we can do for the church itself. So, join the worship band, cleaning team, kitchen, giving out the bread and wine. By the way, I want to say, uh, before I say anything else, thank you so much for all of you. Um, if you're in here or out in the thing and listening back to this, um, you know, thank you for your time, your hard work, your hard effort. I, I really appreciate that. That's, that's exactly what we want, you know, to move forward. It's good. Thank you so much. Okay? Um, but I just want to say, unfortunately, most of the time, I mean, I'm talking about the people who do a lot of extra, but unfortunately, a lot of the time, this is where it kind of stops as well. The, the worship band, the cleaning team, the kitchen, and giving out bread and wine, and I don't know. But that's where usually it stops, okay? Apart from the others who do some of the other jobs, okay? But here's the thing. In the modern Western church, a lot of churches rely on the modern pastor, or what we call the modern pastor. You know, he's the guy who not only, he doesn't just preach, but he does the admin and the finances and the gardening and the maintenance and the website. And he leads various weekday groups. He sorts out the bins and he may even clean what might not be cleaned until Saturday or whatever, right? He's the superhuman God-powered guy who gets it all done, except for maybe the worship down the kitchen or giving out the bread and wine, okay? Um, but here's the thing. That's wrong. That's just wrong. It's wrong, 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 wrong. Okay? Paul... Uh, mentioned something called deacons. Okay? Now, this word deacons is actually untranslated. It's transliterated. But, um, but from the Bible, it seems to mean someone who is involved with or even leads others that work on normal, everyday physical tasks, such as the admin, the finances, the gardening, the maintenance, the website, the leading of various weekday groups, the sorting of bins, the cleaning of what might not be cleaned till Saturday by the cleaners. Yeah? Deacons, people who help, who do the jobs that the pastor really shouldn't do. Not because he's above it, but because he should be focusing on the word of God for us all. This is again where the church operates as a business. We need workers. I'm serious. We need them. We desperately need them. Uh, people who aren't picky about um, what they do, and, and definitely not people who just want to be a big shot in, 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 in uh, like uh, in, in various you know big shot places. Maybe oh, I want to be a part of the worship band so I can stand on stage and you know sing. I'm not 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 putting down our singers. Our singers are great, but we've had people like that. We've had people like that. You know. Um, um, you know, uh, people who want, oh, I want to be second in command to the pastor, so I can, uh, I'm second in command, you know. We don't want people like that. That's not what it's about, you know. Um, we've had people like that, and it's just called pride and lust for power. But, you know, church work is to try to be as low as you can. You know, it's to serve, it's to be low, to be humble. Uh, and possible, and a lot of people, some people don't like this, even unnoticeable, no recognition. You know, you'll probably, you'll, you'll most likely get recognised by the people who know what you're doing, but by the people who are not. Unrecognisable. You know, unnoticeable. That's the mindset you should have when we serve. Secondly, it's, it's, it's to make sure that us all working together and doing these various jobs, okay, is to make sure the place runs. It's, 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 a, it's a charity at the end of the day, I suppose. You know, in terms of what we call it. It's Elim Pentecostal. We're, 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 uh, we're a charity, and, you know, we, um, though we do have like, paid pastors and that, we, we don't always have paid positions. But it's not about being paid here, really. I, 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 I started doing this before I was paid. 
here. I started doing this before I was paid. It's, it's not about trying to get paid, what you can get out of it. It's, what can we give for this? What can we, what can we do to make this go forward? You know, And, and, and it's, again, it's to free up the pastor. Uh, it, that's what happens in Acts. When, when the apostles appointed people to look after the widows, I don't know if you guys remember that. There's this part in Acts, and, 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 and it was like there was some... Something going wrong with the distribution of, of, of food and stuff. And, and the apostles were dragged into it. And they were like, you know what? Yeah, this is taking up our time. We're not above it. We're just, but we're not, the, the word of God's not getting preached anymore. So, so they appointed people to manage that. Say, so, great, excellent. That frees us up so we can train up others and, 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 and help others. You know? um, Moses had something similar. Right? You know, with Jethro, if people are following the Bible plan, you've probably read this already now. You know, um, he was doing everything. And Jeffro was like, what on earth are you doing? Don't you have any common sense, man? Get some people under you that you trust. Give them jobs. You know, don't, don't stress yourself out. You know, that's, that's the point of the people, to, to help. Here's the thing, if we work as a team, you know, I, actually, I'll, I'll go back. Even, even, even the Trinity is a team with a hierarchy in a sense. The Father, the Son, and the spirit, but they all love one each other, and they're all—they're all God, you know. We worship each and every one of them, you know. They're all God. They work together, and the Son is, in a way, subordinate to the Father, and the Holy Spirit is subordinate to the Father and the Son. But they love it, you know. That's how we should be, you know. Not thinking, oh, he's—he's the—he's the preacher. Oh, I want to be nice, but no. So, what can we do to support that? Jesus, he constantly obeyed the Father. What can I do for my Father? can I do to glorify my father even more? You know, not talking about trying to glorify people in the church, by the way, but I'm, just, that, that, I'm saying that's, that's how we should work as a team. You know, uh, if we work as a team as well, and this is, this is the encouragement behind this, if we work and serve in this way, and, and even taking the last one, and we give in that way as well, if we, if we have both finance and service down, here's the thing, we can afford and even have the manpower to do things like serve the homeless, bring relief to saints in Syria. Ensure that every member of the church is doing well and not struggling in finance and time. There are people who are, and they're going by unnoticed. It's not good enough, you know? You know, did, did you know, some people still can't make it to church because they, they don't have any other option. They're overloaded, and they need physical help, and maybe some extra cash here and there. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you were able to help with stuff like that? Wouldn't it be great if you were in that position someone in the church helped you with that, you know? That's what we want to do. I want this place to grow so much that there are no problems like that. And we can move forward. You know what? There's something I haven't put in here. David shared it with me ages ago. It's a dream about uh, this church. And, 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 and the idea, I, I bought right into it. Bought right into it. I thought, that's it. it was, the idea was Sunday morning or whenever, many different things happening. Many different projects. You know, not just the preaching of the word, but... The, 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 the training of missionaries, the, 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 the training of our other preachers, and that, the, 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 the help of the homeless, you know, catering for those guys. I uh, um, can't even think of hard stuff, but there's so many different things. We want the building up of the saints in this church, you know, and, and we need people who are willing to help with that. We need people who are willing to manage stuff like finance and even the website and stuff like that. They're not hard. They're not actually, yeah, I've done the job for a year. It's not hard. None of it's hard. It's just time consuming when, when you have to do every single one of them, you know. But if the church did it all, it wouldn't be time consuming. We'd move forward as a great, amazing team. 
leads me to my final point anyway. Unity. This is actually, I would say this is more important than the other two, because I think out of this one, the other two are going to flow. Okay? And, and, and the problem is we ultimately go wrong at unity. And we've seen it a lot. Uh, a few people in, in great sadness, uh, you know, we know and love has left our church. We know this. And why? Because they get offended. Because they can't agree on certain points. They don't like what someone said. You know, they get stuck on themselves and distance themselves from everyone else. Or they fall out with someone and go elsewhere because they just can't forgive or see that person ever again. It's happened. A lot, and unfortunately a lot recently. And then the others are greedy as well. That's another problem. You know, this mainly shows in... Yeah, you could say it shows in the lack of giving and service of some. But, you know, I've, I've heard and seen people... <laughs> I've heard of and seen people at the end of church or a special event... Uh, one thing recently was um, some visitors came, looked at, uh, you know, really enjoyed being here, went to the back, and all, a lot of the church ran past them. Mom was pregnant, pushed past her, ran, ran off to get all the food they could have before they could even get there. You know what their view of the church is? Greedy. That's coming from the outside. I don't want that rep. You know, so, so some people show up who are new, and um, and they get plain ignored. You know, I've seen it. Get ignored. No one talks to them. And yet, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the weird, twisted thing about it. They're the people we're supposed to be being a light to. That's sad. Let me describe a, a sort of church that I think Jesus would vomit over. Okay? A very sad place to be. A place, this, this is what a, a bad church is. A place where you can't be yourself, but have to put on a happy face. A place where you trust no one. A place that's stingy, greedy. A place where no one is really honest with anyone, until they're found out, of course, and has the pastor on their case. By which case it's too late. A place where uh, people are too scared to be hurt by someone else, and so just shut down, never open up. A place where people feel they're expected to act a certain way and so they cater to please others. You know, A place where some dominate and feel they're better than others. A place where some recede because they feel they're worthless compared with everyone else. I mean, you, think I'm, you might think I'm joking, but you know, some people literally don't show up because they can't find the strength to put on a smile. Serious. And that's not church. David talks about this last week. Actually, if, if you haven't, and, you've, and you, you haven't, listen back to the last two sermons by David. They're absolutely brilliant. Okay, absolutely brilliant. Here's the thing. Church is a place. It, well, no, no, ignore that. Forget that. Church is not a place. Church is a people. Church is a people who are open and honest with one another. Okay? It's a people whose closest and most trusted friends and families are their brothers and sisters in Christ, not their secular work mate. Okay, uh, a church. Church is a people who are not afraid to come on a Sunday sad and depressed, but come anyway, hoping their brothers and sisters will encourage them and give them peace and joy, even where the state they're at. Okay, it's a people who notices those who are depressed. On the other side of things, it notices those who are depressed or, or those who are new or whatever, and it doesn't ignore or look down on them, but lovingly takes time. Takes time. That means maybe even missing your coffee. Takes time to encourage them rather than grab the coffee or whatever you deserve, or even righteously ignore them to worship God because the music's playing and it's their time with God. Okay, 
You need to abandon that. Okay? Church is a people who aren't afraid to lovingly tell each other off and receive being told off well. Church is a people who, who, who truly believe everyone else is more important than them in a healthy way. You know, knowing Jesus is their strength and so are the brothers and sisters they esteem. Okay? Their worth is in the body, not in themselves as an individual. The church is a people who ensure others' needs are met before their own. A church is a people who, who don't run off when offended, but lovingly confronts the offender and seeks unity. Church is a people who, when they've realized they've offended somebody, doesn't ignore it, but leaves their gift or their praise at the oil and seeks reconciliation so that both people can love and enjoy each other's company again. This is a good church. I love this church. I want us to get that. I want us to get that. Why do we do this? Why do we do these three things? Why, why, why bother? Well, you know what? All in all, we need to follow these principles before we can grow into a church that's full of life, light, and abundance in the spirit. It's like basic church 101. These things need to be, you know, when we come to God, we, we know these things. We know these things deep inside. When, when, when we, you know, when, I don't know, who, who remembers first giving their life to Jesus? Do you? Do, do you? I don't know about you, but I, I felt on top of the world. I was just like, that's it. You know, nations are going to move here. You know, everyone's going to know God now. That's it. I'm done. That's it. Let's go. You know, I was like, yeah. And, and, and the thing was, it, it was met in a really weird way. It was kind of like, ah, oh, you, you, you'll calm down. I was like, why? Why, why should I? And I did. And I think apathy has a straight... It's, it's like an infecting effect, you know? It's like if everyone else is, you know, apathetic and, and if you're on top of the world, sooner or later, you're going to be the same. You know, it's sad. You know? But I want to get there again. You know, yes! Jesus! I want, I want to see you grow. I want to see your name honoured in everyone. You know? In Har- it's like, Jesus, I want to see you honoured in Harlow. I want to see Harlow know you. I want to see p- people in Harlow walk in here and say, God is here. You know, because the church is being the church in unity, in the way they give, in the way they love. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Okay? Yeah. We, need to, <laughs> we need to be a... Well, it's all from God, mate. You know, this, this is God's word. You know, all in all, you know, we need to do this. We need to follow these things so we can grow as a church, again, that's full of life, light, and abundance in the spirit. Um, but let me tell you another main reason, actually a, a bigger reason why we do these things, okay? Our main reason in the work of the gospel and the giving of our money and service and our honest selves and in, in unity it is this, and it's from Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he was God. He didn't count that status as a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born as one of us. You know, and being found in that form, he humbled himself even further, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Here's the point. Jesus was right, the highest point you could ever imagine. He came right there. He even humbled himself below even us. Crazy. Jesus 
gave everything. Everything. Not just a part, not just some, not just 10%. Didn't do it to serve himself or to boast. You know, wasn't just one side of himself, only giving that, hiding what he really felt about it. No, he gave everything. And those who are touched by this and have his spirit inside them, they do the same. Because that's what we're supposed to grow to be like, like Jesus. Your giving of your money, service, and selves should be based on the abundance of God's grace to you through Jesus. He died for all. Those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. None of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Jesus didn't hold back. Neither should we. We should take encouragement from this, from what David said last week as well. And actually, that's really good. We should spur each other on. We should preach to ourselves. We should preach to each other. You know? You know, we should encourage each other in these things. Okay? So let us do that. Let us spur each other on. And let us change, when we come here, how we think and how we behave. We have a mission, we have a purpose in life, guys, as a loving team. And I want to see, like I said before, I want to see the people in Harlow know God. You know, uh, they can't if we're not mission focused. You know, that doesn't mean being missionary focused over there, but we need to be missionary focused here where we already are. You know, they can't know God if we're not focused that way on a Sunday morning. So, let me encourage you, let's get our brains and hearts in in, in the right gear. Let us unite together and give all we can of ourselves for the glory of our God, for the glory of our God. Because if we do just that, it won't just be very different, but it'll actually be very exciting and it'll be full of joy. You know, because a lot of New, a lot of New Testament authors say just this. They say that their joy is complete in others' knowledge of Jesus. You know, and that's it. That's, that's where joy really comes from. It's not about what can I get from God that makes me happy. You know, it's what we can give for him and others that truly makes us happy. Let's not make the mistake of merely trying to receive from God. He gives to us so we can give to others. We receive to give. So I say, and I'll finish with you with Paul. He says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do now... Um, I'm no John Glass, obviously. One, I'm much younger. Two, he's much more intelligent and amazing, you know, in terms of how long he's been around and doing this for. I'm not, I know one of those. And I, I, know, I, I know, you know, you know when you get a guest speaker, everyone, you know, if, if they give an awkward call, everyone wants to go down the front. Who's the guest speaker? Woo! You know, can he get some? You know, um, I, th- I, I think that was great that everyone did that. Uh, but I'm going to do an awkward call. I'm going to do an awkward call. And, and, I'm not asking you to come down because of me. Because I'm, I'm no, at the end of the day, I'm no one. But I'm, I'm doing this as a church um, for us serving God and, and loving each other. And my article is in the same way that John Glass asked you to come down to ask, I, I, you know, being open to receive. I want to ask those of you who have listened to this message, who are encouraged by this message, who have been hit with this message, whatever, um, 
I want to ask if you believe this and you want to do this and move forward and, and want to not just be open to receive but open to give. I just want to ask, I don't know if we can get music playing or something. Yeah, please. I just want to ask, please come down. Please. Um, yeah. You know, it's not to prove yourselves. It's not what it is. It's just to pray together as a family. And I'm not asking, you know, standing up isn't going to prove anything. You're not better than the person who probably sits down. You know, it's just to come forward as a team. So um, can we do that now? If people want to come forward... Don't feel bad. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to make people feel low. That's, that's not it. It's just those who really want this. I, 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 yeah, please come down. say a prayer and then if you want you can guys can just continue to pray and stay that would be great but let me just lead us in that so um, father god i just want to thank you you know i came with much literally much fear and trembling this you never know and um i so want to see your glory as i said i love this church so much and i want you know, I know it's our goal. I know it's our aim to see it grow, and we want to see we want to see more people join this place, and, and we want to see even ourselves. We want to see your kingdom in our hearts growing. <laughs> you know, um, we're, we're we're a mess, but, but, but people are always a mess, and we see that throughout the scriptures. We see so many people, even Peter. We see him. We see him. You know, so great, and then at some point he, he goes so low that Paul has to correct him. You know, it's it is it's not. You know, a kick in, you know, not a kick in the shin or anything. Oh, you, that's it, you've lost it. You know, it's, it's an encouragement to say, come on. You know, we know, we know what we're supposed to do here. Let's come back. You know, and, and that's what we want to continue to do. We, we know, we know we've, even indivi- on an individual level, we, we, we failed in many ways. And, and as a church, we failed in many ways. But that's not the end. And we're going to, and in the future, Lord Jesus, you, you know, you know, we're going to fail in other various ways here and now. But you know what? I pray we continue to grow. I pray, I pray for us, you know, I thank you for, for those of us who are willing to do this, to stand together, to, to give our all, to realise that everything we have, even the breath we have is not ours. It's yours. It's all yours. And, uh, you know, even, even up to today, I, I, I'm in a mess. I need your love and your forgiveness as well. We all need it. We all need your love and forgiveness. And I just pray you band us together in that. I pray, remind us of your incredible salvation. <laughs> you know, he died for us. He rose for us. You know, you, you, you've got you've got a place for us. You know, that's out of this world. But while we're in it, you have a mission and a purpose for us. Oh Lord, I just <laughs> I pray we really band together for that mission because we know where we're going. We know where we're going. We know we know where home is. 
So I pray while, while we're away from home, on the battlefield, where, however you want to see it, I pray we operate well. I pray we operate well. That we give ourselves, give ourselves for our brother, give ourselves for our sister. I pray that your grace would, would help us in this. <laughs> you know, help us to trust, help us to be open where we feel closed, where we feel like there's absolutely nothing. And I just... I really pray for your spirit to start all of us right now. As we all confirm this together, as we all want to know you, as we're all open to receive. You know, and even some of us who are partially open, I pray you open more and more. It doesn't have to be all things. But I just pray we call you know, in these things. Jesus, you're amazing. You're so, so amazing. So, uh, Lord Jesus, I'm... That's all I have to say right now, but I just want to, if anyone else wants to say anything, they're more than welcome. If you don't, you don't have to. But Lord Jesus, this is, this is how we stand as a team. Bless you, Jesus. Help us grow. Help us be a light to this neighborhood. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>